Hello, welcome to the Hirshhorn and to today's Friday Gallery Talk. My name is Caroline Elliott, Manager of Adult Programs here at the Hirshhorn. And today we have Georgetown University's Kaiser Family Professor of Art History, Elizabeth Prellinger, discussing two works by Damien Hirst in our exhibition, Over Under Next. Dr. Prellinger was with us earlier this year and gave such a wonderful talk on Katerina Fritsch's display stand with Madonnas in the exhibition, Out of the Ordinary, that we asked her to come back and we're so happy that she said yes. In addition to teaching a variety of subjects such as uh, German Expressionism and Weimar culture, Romanticism, Abstraction, and the Symbolist Movement, Dr. Prellinger has curated a number of exhibitions including Katie Kolwitz at the National Gallery of Art, After the Scream, the Late Paintings of Edvard Munch at the High Museum, and Paul Gauguin, the Prince, at the Kunsthaus Zurich. Today's talk is being recorded uh, for podcast on our website and on iTunes, so please be sure to check this one out, as well as previously recorded Friday Gallery Talks and Meet the Artist programs at hirshhorn.si.edu. Now please help me to welcome Dr. Elizabeth Prellinger. Thank you. Thank you, Caroline. That would be great. Thanks. So, are you all here to be provoked, confused, irritated, perhaps, or um, content to not have any final answers for the things that we're looking at, especially this thing over here? Yeah, it's strange. You've come to the right place, because uh, this is really where a lot of this exhibition is um, happening in this room. Have you had a chance to go through the show yet, anyone? No, not yet. Okay, you have, yes, of course. Um, because you actually come around the other way, and this is, these are the last things, or almost the last things in the show. What the show is about is um, the use of commonplace objects in art, which started about, you know, the beginning of the 20th century, when cubists, for example, used pieces of paper or other forms of what we call detritus or urban rubbish in their pictures to make assemblages, collages, things like that. And we take them for granted now, pretty much. You're accustomed to seeing collages of all sorts, right? But um, as we move along in this show that goes around, you're you know, confronted with even stranger kinds of juxtapositions of different kinds of objects that make for very strange, sometimes virtually incomprehensible sorts of things. And they need to be thought about, they need to be looked at, they need to be compared and contrasted with other kinds of things that, um, uh, that you've seen before or might see in the show or elsewhere. The um, joy you're hearing over from there is um, a little room that is entirely tacked up with little pieces of paper. And if you go and take your shoes off or put on what we call museum shoes over yours, you can go and look at that. It's quite an experience. And then you walk in and you look at Damien Hurst. Do you think of anything in particular when you hear the name Damien Hirst? Do you know this young British artist by any chance? Well, Damien Hirst um, is 48 years old, so he's young, and it's over the past, well, let me think, 
15, 20 years that he became very well known in England in particular, uh, where he's from, because he became associated with this group called the Young British Artists. And there was a great scandalous show called Sensation, which opened in, I think, 1996 in Britain, and then made a real hit at the Brooklyn Museum of Art, and this is the catalog for it. And let me just open it to one of the works that you may well know, which is the tiger shark in, oh, thanks. That's great. In formaldehyde. Do you know that work of art? Because that is what one thinks of, really, when one thinks of Damien Hirst. Um, there it is. Um, there are a number of these works in kind of, dis here, let me just move the page here, in display cases, including fish here, if you can see that. And he's currently working, among other things, on the so-called spot paintings, which have made a real difficulty because there are now, I think, 1,350 of these spot paintings, and there's a problem about whether, you know, which ones are original and which ones might be knockoffs. It's, it's hard to say. But he's worked with painting, with works that incorporate living creatures, and with works like this that are very kind of conceptual, okay? So thank you, Caroline, that's great. So that show was described in Brooklyn as being one that pregnant women had to be very careful about entering because there were such scandalous things. The tiger shark in the formaldehyde actually um, ended up being bought by another collector and it started rotting. So the issue was, do we replace the tiger shark or does that make it not an original work of art anymore? So Damien Hirst has produced sort of, you know, controversy wherever he's gone, all right? Now, one of the things I wanted to start with, come, come over here and uh, we can look at this work and then we'll look at the asthmatic escaped. Have you taken, come and take a really close look at this. It's nicely encased, so nothing can happen to it. It's untitled, but its subtitle is Farmhouse. What is it made of, from what you can see here? It, yes, butterflies, and it kind of does look like a tabletop, yeah, covered with um, mustard-colored paint. Okay, and if you'll notice there, it's paint over the butterflies. Now, what do you think he, he means by farmhouse? What, would, what kind of title would that, you know, make you think of? And I'm asking you that because that is a big issue with Damien Hirst's pictures and his whatever we decide that is, which is there are as many allusions to things as there are sort of definite facts that one can point to. So what do you think we're supposed to think of when we hear, you know, as a subtitle, farmhouse? 
Yes, he did, and that's a really good question because um, when he does make his titles or lack of titles, it's all, you know, to have you think about the different ways in which you relate to the work in question. Um, well, let me give you a bit of background here. Um, one of the things, and we're going to see this over in the Asthmatic Escaped number two as well, is that Damien Hirst is very interested in the relationship between life and artifice. Okay? So, what is it about these butterflies? Are they fake? Did he make them? No. They are real. They're real butterflies. Um, what do you think? Do, would you find them um, at a farmhouse? No, they're tropical. Yes, they are tropical. It looks like they're from the Amazon. So a farmhouse is kind of a strange connection to make, but definitely, and I should tell you about another um, work that he did because it always helps to think about the larger work to understand what an artist is doing to be able to put it in context. But he did a big exhibition where it was called um, In and Out of Love, where in a small gallery he had the pupae of various butterflies on surfaces and then food for them and he let go 9,000 butterflies which then served out their life cycle um, and they too were exotic butterflies. You can guess who was really thrilled about this which was the um, uh, you know, PETA and other <laughs> animal protection societies because they felt that 9,000 butterflies was a real dent in, you know, animal protections, for example. But what, when you think of butterflies up in a, in a sense like this, what, what might you associate it with? Beautiful flowers, okay. Okay, summertime. Okay, yeah, that is also what I was thinking besides these two very good comments, which is pinning them. Um, are there any pins here? No, there aren't when you look very carefully. So is this a kind of scientific display when you think about it? Sorry? No, it isn't. What would you describe it as more? Okay, I think that's one thing to think of is that it's part of that process of, you know, you mentioned summertime and flowers and pollinating. And they actually, you'll notice, as I pointed out earlier, that a number of these have been painted over. So, you know, it could be that they got stuck in. But I think what kind of arrangement would you say is going on here. Random, and what were you saying, Elena? Um, okay, random. Sinking random too, okay. So that they are scattered about over the surface here. Um, I had another thought in mind as well. Um, I don't know what the rest of you think. I think random, that's probably a great way to think about it. 
any anything else that might occur to you? English garden that goes back. Were you going natural? Yes, natural. They flew up that way. Yes, he did arrange them. Yes, that's good. He arranged them very carefully. Good. Yes, yes. It is a kind of still life. I think that's absolutely true. What kind of things would you think of with still lifes? How might, what kind of still lifes have you seen in just your travels in art museums? Fruit, flowers. There are even ones with, you know, sorry? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Stuffed birds, this is great. You, you understand all of these things, and that is one of the things that is very interesting here. By the way, there are a lot of trompe l'oeil, you know, uh, bugs in, say, Dutch still lifes of the 17th century or other things. But all of a sudden, we're presented with something that could be a still life. Um, but it has real things, but we think, oh yes, we know about still lifes, but this is uh, something that takes us into a slightly different twist on it, and that's very Damien Hurst. We have something here to deal with, and we connect it to other things, but it departs from them as well, so that he's giving us uh, an entirely different perspective, yet which has ties to the past, and that's a very uh, radical thing to do. I also thought that there is something very lyrical about this, as opposed to the rows of uh, pinned scientific things. So we see that quality in this work that gives it literally an old-fashioned feeling, which is that, if you agree with me, of beauty as well. And it's a very concrete kind of thing. Does that make sense? What, what, other, what other kinds of things might you think of before we move on to, yeah. The mustard, the mustardy color. So you would expect something wrong. Okay, you'd expect a blue sky. You might expect something green. <laughs> With lemonade. Lemonade. Okay, that's that's very interesting. Um, candlelight is certainly a possibility. Yeah, I've seen some like old ancient Chinese paintings. That's very interesting. So relating to Chinese painting as well, um, you know, there are Wedgwood China. Okay, so de dealing with uh, you know cups and saucers and plates and things like that as well. That's very interesting, and you'll. Um, be interested to know that he also made pictures of um, using many, many wings of butterflies in big kinds of designs. So, is this? Oh, okay, good. So, um, there are many different ways of thinking about. Uh, you know, it's a very, as we sometimes say in art history, it's a very multi-layered a set of meanings here. 
but I'm interested in that mustard thing too. Is it intrinsically a beautiful color? I mean, it, you know, depends. That you mean the color goes along with the artificiality? That's interesting. So setting up a contrast so that these exotic butterflies come out even more. There's not a monarch here, for example, which would go along with the oranges, wouldn't it? But he's definitely gone to get the most exotic kinds of things that he can find. So whereas you'll find a lot of commonplace objects as you make your way through this very interesting show, once you get here, you're dealing with something that's very exotic um, and, you know, not just some pieces of paper or, or, you know, theater tickets that you might find on the floor of, uh, of uh, a railway station or something like that. Do you have a thought? Yes, he has been painted to death. It's, yeah. Yeah, well, so feeling sorry, not a sweet garden scene. That's very interesting as well because, you know, harsh, interesting. So can we see him setting up a kind of dialogue here between, you know, life and death? <laughs> We're going to see that over here too. Splat is something you're thinking of. Go ahead. Okay, so hearing that they're miserable is one point of view, okay? I like what you said, too, about now that we're processing it, because, you know, it is that thing you walk by and you, you know, might catch the butterflies or something. One of you immediately said there was a tabletop kind of feeling to it. Would it be different with a square? Why would he even choose this kind of oval? A found object that he had around. I'm interested. What does the label say oil? I mean, not oil, but something on canvas, yes. But it gives you the feel of a found object. It is canvas, yes. It's been stretched somehow. We can see it around, and it's been painted very carefully up to a certain point. And then I'm imagining that the box is what he intended. We always ask ourselves, you know, did the artist intend it to be... Um, preserved in this particular way? I'm quite sure in this case that it has been you know, in order to have it safe. Uh, with Damien Hurst, you also wonder how long some of these things are going to last. We don't really know. Um, this one's in a private collection, and I think it's one of the most beautiful. I mean, to use that word, I don't mean, therefore, to negate all the other things that we've talked about, but one of the most intriguing examples of this set of works in his larger um, production, okay? So does that make sense for now? Were you going to add something and then... 
It's a good question, and I don't know the answer to it. I am not aware of signatures on his work um, because they are such signatures of what he does. Now, whether, you know, he did a series. Have you ever done spin art before? He does spin art as well. <laughs> and I don't know whether he um, signs or dates those things either. I don't know the answer, and it's a good question. But with something like this, I think it's such a signature piece that it sort of is what it is in his work. But that's worth that's worth checking into for the more flat kinds of objects. Yeah, he's made at the moment. He's one of the wealthiest artists around. I think he has something he's valued at something like three hundred million dollars because he's made such a hit with with collectors. Are you aware? Um, as well, talking about allusions, that he made a skull. Do you know what the skull was covered with? Do you remember? Diamonds. Eight, I memorized this, 8,601 diamonds of fabulous quality. And a skull, you know, you think of a memento mori, a memory of death, you know, alas, poor Yarrick in Hamlet or whatever it is that, that, you know, and it's called, if I remember correctly, for the love of God, which can mean <laughs> as well as, you know, something human and yet something coming out of the earth, you know, with those diamonds. Okay, why don't we move on and you can have a look at this. Um, I suggest, is this something that is meant to be seen from one perspective? No, it isn't. So why don't you cruise around for a sec and see what you see. So, what are some of the things that you are seeing? I see this gentleman is kneeling down and looking over here. What is it that catches your attention here? Snacks. Snacks. What does he have? A little biscuit, right? It's very unappetizing, but <laughs> yeah. Okay, yes, it does look unappetizing. I don't know how they um, keep it here. Um, the issues of preservation of these things is, of course, a whole other, a whole other thing. But let's step back for a minute and and look at what we've got here. What do we have here? Well, we have the remnants of an artist's studio. We can see what he's been working on. He's a photographer. Okay. Probably, my thought is he had long hours. He's gone through his snacks. He's been working hard. He finally just dropped his clothes. So we have the presence of the artist in terms of what he was wearing, a real physical person, but the body's not there. We see items that a person would eat. So you, you, I can almost imagine he's working long hours and he's grabbing a drink and snack. And then you see the film there. He's probably gone through all this film. And so that is hours and hours of work and creativity by someone that we don't see. But we know his presence, or I, I assume of him. But we don't see the person, but we have everything else that gives the idea that this was a live person for a moment. Okay, that's a great way to start. And are, you look as if you're having a reaction to this comment. Okay. The artist and the subject. Because this is on the receiving end of the lens, whereas behind the lens, you've got 
I don't know, something happened, something failed. Like the film isn't in the camera, it's out exposed on the ground. So whatever was being photographed didn't happen. You've got a pile of clothes with it. Yeah, yes, the, sub the subject has disappeared. You, yes, it, yes. Go, go ahead, Alina. It's, Did disappeared with the butterflies? Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. It's interesting because this one, which is called the asthm asthmatic escaped number two, the number one actually did have a spot painting in the sort of next to it, whereas this one stands on its own. So we have two very different kinds of opinions here. Have you noticed when you stand here, what do you see? You see yourself, it's reflective. Do you see yourself from here or from here? No, you don't really. It's, it's just that one reflective part which puts you in the place of the where is, oh, there you are. Yes. Yes, that's why one has to, yeah, walk around the whole thing. Right. You're a mirror person. That's, yes, well, so, you know, you do have a sense of that subject. Um, how is this, how is this, constructed, what kind of work would you actually call this? What kind of a work is this? Is it a painting? It, okay, so we think of it as kind of a sculpture for, for better or for worse, that seems to be what it is. Do you know another word that helps us understand what this is? An installation piece, okay, definitely. And uh, what does it remind you of? Where might you see this kind of organization? Oh, okay, entrapment, aquarium. Do you want to follow up on entrapment just for a moment? Because that's a really interesting idea. That's, that's right, that's right. There's no way to get out of this thing. And as you were saying, you know, there is this idea, if, if I remember correctly, of absence and presence. You know, there, except for us seeing ourselves in the place of this person, um, or, you know, there is no, there's no one there, and we are separated um, as it is separated into these two cubes with only this little bit of opening um, with that reflective glass. Do you have a... There's an illusion of accessibility, because from here I can see the lady in the orange shirt, but not myself, and you can only see yes. the glass to reach someone, but at the same time there's not enough space to actually tangibly reach what you're seeing. That's a, that's a great observation. I think that's absolutely true. So that you have these different kinds of um, sight lines that work. Where might you find glass things like this? Wait a minute, does this open? Actually, I think we have an opening right here. A, a what? 
like a shower, okay? A shower. Um, I also think there's, you know, operating here something like um, uh, department store vitrines, for example, and he's always very interested, Damien Hurst, in having this vitrine kind of organization, um, which allows you what? I mean, one of you talked about the aquarium. Who was that? That was, yes, that was a very good idea. Why might you think of an aquarium, given the larger context of his work? You know what, I might be referencing the shark. Reminds me of that kind of Yeah, I think that's good. It does reference that shark, I think, and his so-called pharmacy with all those uh, um, drugs that were in a bank of... Um, uh, medications, but here you have, I think, without a doubt, the sort of human and then the mechanical, something, you know, the film has been torn out there, there's no question, so there's something very unfinished about it. And actually, if you read what is a very good label here, there is uh, a direct reference, which Damien Hurst claimed, which was that the title, The Asthmatic Escaped, do you see what is, wait, do you see what's over there on the shirt through there? An inhaler, exactly. That it's referring to the British painter Francis Bacon, and uh, who died the year earlier, who was an asthmatic, right? Did you want to? Yeah, I don't know if you touched on this earlier, but the, there's the whole, you know, clothes that were Good. Um, it works well with the Francis Bacon thing I'm just repeating for the podcast, um, and the shoes being a symbol of life or death. And I think that if you have a chance to look at this more and think of it in the context of the butterflies and some of the other work, which I hope you'll be interested in following through on, that you'll see that um, this very confusing kind of installation has a way of fitting in to ideas of setting up a dialogue between absence and presence, life and death, art and artifice, you know, the, the studio reference, the vitrine reference, the separation of this kind of narrative from our own narrative. Does that make sense? Or certainly provoke you into thinking what this could be about. Um, does anyone have any more comments on this one before we close? I was thinking about the relationship between life and death and how permanent things are. So the shoelaces, everything looks like as if the person vanished kind of unexpectedly. It wasn't exactly meant to happen that way. And same with the film, the photography. It's like you have thinking you're taking someone's picture, you think you have a photo of them to hold on to. But just as quickly as you take a photo, it can be exposed and completely vanish, much like a person can unexpectedly. I think that's beautifully put. I think, yeah, beautifully put. One more comment, yes, you know and then we'll mind. ask everyone to like, give a comment to this. What, just quickly. You know, what, okay. Very quickly, title, we've got the asthmatic escaped, number two. Any other ideas? What about you?
Can you think of something? Yes, she did. She did. A title? To name it. Life and breath. Life and breath. No escape. No escape. So no escape in this case. So some some so the asthmatic has not escaped, but is still there. One more? Long day in the studio. Okay, well, that gives us tons to think about. And um, thank you all. It was uh, great to hear your ideas. Thank you so much. <laughs>